Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Tyler Jones. And Tyler, I think the first question is, uh, for all Hawks fans, why this week? Why now? Why is everyone seem to be upside down, inside out, turned on their head? Because uh, it's not like this is a great basketball team gone bad. Is, is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'm I'm with a in agreement with you. Uh, it probably has something to do with you know losing by twenty to a Knicks team <laughs> who are pretty bad. But it has to be said, are playing better basketball That's since they true. fired David Fizdale. That is true. Which is something I didn't register until I actually watched this Knicks team play. And they, hey man, they the thing about the Knicks compared to the Hawks is. They have a bunch of guys who are quality NBA players. Uh, you know, Marquise Morris, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Todd Gibson. Uh, the Hawks don't have that. <laughs> um, you could feel them imposing their physical strength. Exactly. Like, and, and the Hawks' biggest weakness right now is their big man rotation. That is by far their biggest weakness, and that's Nick's strength, like, you know, we make all the jokes we want about the Knicks being a team full of power forwards, but hey, those power forwards are bruisers, and right. the only guy who's willing to compete physically every possession is Alex Lynn. Um, I hate to say the game kind of boiled down to Damian Jones being able to box out Mitch Robinson, but once that happened, like... Wait, once what I mean, happened? It, it, once, once it became clear that Damian Jones simply could not box okay. out. Okay, I thought Robinson you were saying that he was doing outs. it. You, you lost me. No, you no, made it, you made it sound wasn't. like he did do it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wasn't clear with my enunciation. I, I just ate a pizza. <laughs> what did I get for Christmas, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, once that became clear that Damian Jones physically had no answer for Mitchell Robinson, the okay. Hawks were in trouble. Right. Um, because, you know, you, 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 Alex Lynn wasn't going to play 35 minutes that night. And even if he, even if he could do that, he wouldn't be that effective. Like that's not what out, that's not, you know, Alex is not a 30 plus minute type of basketball player. And he played, you know, Alex played well enough. It's just that once Damian Jones couldn't do it, Lloyd Pierce looking at his bench at his options where it's like, well, I don't trust Bruno because he doesn't execute on either side of the ball. Um, so it's Jabari Parker at center time, and Jabari Parker 
his his help defense has regressed significantly in the last couple of games, couple of weeks now. Like it's been really bad. He's just not. It's more like as an ISO one on one player, he's fine. As but a, the as an need more from ISO one on one defensive player, defender. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Like that's what I thought he'll you hold up physically against. You know, he he did okay against Julius Randle. That's the sh- that you know he's solid in that role. He's not great in it, but he's solid in it. He was okay Everything against LeBron, else. even you know a couple yeah. times in that Lakers game. Agreed, agreed. Uh, but off the ball, he's just such a disaster, and he doesn't like. You have to be willing to help off Julius Randle if he's not like if he, especially like you know help in a way where the defender just can't dunk the ball into Julius Randle for an easy layup. Like, you got to be a smart help defender. That's not what Jabari Parker is at any stage of his career. I mean, he's really suffering from, and he's really been pretty bad at it recently. Mm-hmm. And then you go on the bench, and it's like, well, Vince Carter, who, you know, bless him, he's in the right place, but he physically can't execute. Right. You know? I mean, it's part you, of it's you just can see, he's 6'5". Six, six, I mean, he was, he's a, he was a shooting guard. <laughs> Exactly. He's just not like, that tall. You, you, like even if he holds up strength wise, he's not gonna get up into into um, Julius Randle's airspace. Exactly. And so, like a lot, of, a lot of the Knicks game just came to the bigs just being better. Like they were just better all night, and they dominated physically. They got easy looks at the rim all game, just attacking our bad, you know, rim protectors that you. Know, Outside of Alex Lynn, that's that's all all currently that's all the Hawks have, and it's like it's really tough for me to be like, you know, I I, I kind of wish more people would push back on this you know effort notion like oh we got to play harder or we got to do this and that I'm like self flagellation like I'm not about that uh, and that's what I saw a lot of the Hawks quotes were from a lot of the Hawks players and everybody reporting on the team but I'm like. The talent's not there. Like the the raw physical talent that you need to compete on a night to night basis isn't there for this team. If they go up against physically talented team, they're going to struggle. Like the late like the Lakers game. The Lakers game boiled down to the fact that the Lakers uh didn't make their open three pointers. Like they they flat out outside of LeBron James, they couldn't make their three pointers. Right. And Anthony Davis was hurt. Clearly, like he rolled his ankle and he couldn't really attack the rim like he would like to. Right. Um, so the Hawks got lucky and they almost took advantage. But again, like you can see the talent disparity that the Hawks are facing. They're facing such an uphill climb. They have to play perfect basketball for all 48 minutes just to have a chance to win every night. And that's the talent issue, guys. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, they got lucky against the Lakers, but at the same time, I feel like they did a good job making the Lakers take the kind of shots that you want the Lakers to take. Like, I mean, if LeBron's going to beat you and they beat you with 30-footers, he can do that because he's that good, but that's still the shot you want him taking. Um, You know, Anthony Davis, maybe it was because of his rolled ankle, but he was magnificent, like low post possessions, but they were a lot of more fallaways, but he just made them anyways. I mean... Normally, you think if if you're a def- you know your your defensive possession ends with somebody taking a fall away, you're like, you know, especially now in 2019, you know, that's 
typically looked at as pretty good defense. And I, I don't know. I, I thought they did a good job against the Lakers, but you know, the Lakers are just a better team, obviously. And like you said, they missed a lot of threes. So that, that kind of fudged the margin of difference between what the two talent levels are right now, like you're saying. And actually this actually brings up a pretty good point. The Lakers were missing shots. The Knicks to start the game weren't. Nope. And all of a sudden the, the, the Hawks players just forgot the game plan entirely. Like they just started, like they started sprinting to RJ Barrett for some reason, <laughs> even though he can't shoot. Like they started right. trying to close out on him. They were closing out on Julius Randle from the three point line, which is dumb. Like, you know, the Knicks were making bad shots early in the first, first quarter. And then like the Hawks, instead of continuing to execute the game plan, uh, played, one-on-one defense basketball instead of team defense and they kind of just they kind of got disconnected there and that and that that has happened a lot this season and that just it's a factor of youth man these guys are young like they don't like kevin it's hard to win in the nba like (laughs) that's just the truth like and especially there's a lot of talented teams there's a lot of good basketball players in this league and you know when when you don't execute the scheme on defense, you're going to have breakdowns, and those breakdowns leads to easy layups. And that's something the Hawks have been struggling with, particularly, again, when Alex Lynn isn't in the game. It's fairly clear that they simply can't get consist. They don't execute consistently on defense. Like Damian Jones, who, again, I – I pretend that he has been better, but the next game was a was a regression for him for um, sure. as a basketball player. I thought he was fairly terrible on in all aspects of the game. He just wasn't there physically. Right. And if he's not gonna be there physically, Jabari Parker is definitely not gonna be there physically. And it's just it's just a snowball effect where well our two four and five guys aren't there, you know. We're going to try DeAndre Hunter against Julius Randle now, and that's not going to work. Like, Julius Randle, like, Julius Randle, for all his flaws, is still a good basketball player. Oh, of course. And he knows how to take advantage of young guys who don't know how to use their body effectively, which DeAndre Hunter doesn't know how to do yet because, again, he's a rookie. You know, he he competes physically, but, you know, it, it takes time to build that grown man strength that you need to compete in the NBA on the block, and he doesn't have it. He's going to get it. Yeah, he's going to get there, but he doesn't have it uh, compared to, uh, you know, a Julius Randle who's very good at putting guys in bad position and scoring. Like, that's how he makes his money. (laughs) And, you know, know, you'd be like, all right, maybe try Evan Turner. But, Evan, like, we've seen Evan Turner, like, on offense. He's just – right. It's tough. Like, Evan Turner just hasn't been good this year. Like, I thought, you know, to me, I thought Turner was pretty solid to start. But, like, I, I, I just don't – I personally just don't think Turner's healthy. And, you know, I, I – I, like, I, I don't know. It's just it's just hard. Like, it's clear Pierce is trying to fix at least one side of the ball by playing all offensive units now because he doesn't – like, the, the defensive units have just cratered the team on offense. But – I mean, it's just tough. Like, Pierce doesn't have a full deck. Uh, you know, he's missing his ace. and jo- He's missing 
his, you know, his big joker in John Collins. Like, probably either coming into the season, you would have said John Collins was the team's best player. He's missed him for the majority of the season. And the Hawks don't have a replacement for him. Um, uh, in the in the sense that he's probably the only two-way big on the roster. And it's hard to win in the NBA if you don't have two-way bigness. Like, that's just that's just the reality of this league since I've been watching it since 2000 and whatever. Like, since I've been a fan of the NBA, if you don't have two-way big men, you're just going to struggle to win games in this league because it because every team is good. Like, every team has a guy who can get to the rack and finish through weak defenders. If you don't have guys who can physically challenge them at the rim, it's just going to be a struggle. Okay, so two-part question. Uh, John Collins comes back in five days. You've got 96 minutes to split up amongst your power forwards and your centers. How is Lloyd Pierce going to carve up those 96 minutes in your eyes, in your estimation? And how would you do it if, if it was up to you? I mean, I... It'd probably be what it was before the suspension. John plays about 33 minutes at the four and the five. Um, Alex and Damien split the center position, uh, depending on how many minutes John plays there. Like, so. I mean, I guess that's does, the key question is, yeah, you, you, you'll fill in the rest from there, but how much does John Collins play at center because of what the center position is? If, if if that helps you narrow it down, I mean, do the arithmetic. Here's the thing: like the minutes John Collins pl- isn't playing a power forward is probably going to be a problem for this team defensively. Um, just because, unless you're going to play DeAndre Hunter at the four, I don't trust Jabari Parker to execute um, defensively at the four at all. And so it, it's going to be: it, is DeAndre Hunter up to the task to play that position? You know, at the four, because we haven't mentioned his name, but, you know, quietly, I thought I thought Cam Reddish was pretty good last night. And I actually thought I wish he played even more than the 26 minutes that he played um, just because of his help defensive instincts. And that's something that, you know, this team has sorely lacked since John Collins hasn't been, you know, there right. as a as a help guy. But like it, it's tough, like. I mean, the problem is they, they need another center. Like, they, I, I think you and me both agree, like, they need a starting caliber center just so that you're not having to rely on Damian Jones, who I, I think is okay, but he's not somebody who should be playing 20-plus minutes every night. Like, I, I trust Alex Lynn 20-plus minutes every night. I don't trust Damian, especially against, the, especially against certain teams, against certain lineups. I think he can get taken advantage of. His, I mean, his inability, like, they can't grab a, they still can't grab a rebound with him on the floor. And, you know, he's, he comes and goes as a rim protector. And, you, you know, on the other end, you, you can't play Bruno at all. The second you play Bruno, you got eight different fires now. And <laughs> even though he has, like, even though Bruno does have the physical talent to do every, like, he has the, of the centers on the roster, he probably has the most natural talent of the three guys, um, yeah. but, you know, he just, like, you know, he, he doesn't know he doesn't know how to play in the NBA. And, 
we got we got a bunch of young guys who don't know who barely know how to play in the NBA. Like Cam Reddish is just now starting to walk as an NBA player. Like he's just now starting to make good decisions uh, consistently on right. offense. And his defense has got like Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish doesn't get enough credit for how good he is, has been defensively because mm-hmm. um, I think he's actually gotten a lot better. Yeah, um, he's starting to impose as well physically on guys. He's you know getting after it. He's blocking like he's. He's been a problem. Like, and he gets rebounds. Like, he he executes pretty well defensively. And, like, I, I, I feel Lloyd Pierce, a big reason why Bembry's minutes has gone away is just that, you know, Cam Reddish kind of does Bembry's role, except he has more offensive upside as a shooter, even though, you know, neither Bembry or Reddish are making shots consistently. That's stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Bep, uh, Reddish is made their shots in December. Uh, but I mean in the totality on the, of the season. Right? I guess so. I mean, uh, for a rookie, I mean, if it takes you a month to get it figured out and then in your second month you look like you're doing it, I, I don't have a problem saying that you kind of might be able to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm okay. not in disagreement. Yeah, I, okay. I, I just think thought he's been shooting Reddish well. is a much better shooter. Function Reddish is clearly a much better shooter than Bembry. Right. I'm just saying the results aren't there. Okay. Right? So, like, even though the results aren't there, like, I trust Reddish more as a shooter than I do Bembry. Right. Like, the, the shot release just isn't smooth for an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And at his size, like, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough for him to get minutes now because like I, I feel like Reddish is kind of kind of does what he does on bo- really on both ends of the floor. He just has more natural talent and the Hawks are investing more in Reddish than they are at Bembry. So that kind of sucks for Bembry who I think is a useful NBA basketball player in this league and but you know that's just sadly he's just not taller. Like if he were taller, you can play him at the 4. And maybe, you know, the Hawks wouldn't have all these, you know, issues, but he's just, you know, he's six four four, six five. Like it's just not gonna cut it no. at the power four position. And the real the really the reason why Vince Carter is able to do it is because he's a much, much better shooter. Even though again For the results sure. haven't been there. Yeah. And uh did <laughs> I'm flabbergasted because I want to go back to my other question, which is how how much does John play at center when he comes back? I, I want to run with what you just said, but I still I don't feel like we dealt with that yet. Yeah, but I feel like with the roster it's being what it is, team, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the team they play. Like if they play a team with it. it like I, I don't know because even John has his troubles against certain big men. It's kind of hard to pinpoint who those big men are in this league, right? Um, but at the end of the day, he's probably the best center on the team. I mean, he he is the best center on the team, so he's going to get a healthy amount of minutes playing center probably this season, which what he was doing the first five games. Uh, so I, I would wage around ten, ten or ten. Or, 15 so minutes I could I could see honestly I could see John's minute allocation being split evenly between power forward and center okay um and it's really just gonna gonna be matchup dependent slash uh are my is you know Alex Lynn is he catching the ball today 
or is Damian Jones boxing out, you know, better today? Like, I, I think it's just going to depend on how well those two guys are playing. Because if they're, if they're playing poorly, like, I could just see Pierce going, away, all right, we're going John Collins at center, and we'll figure it out from the four and, and go from there. But uh, that, that's probably how I would base it on. Like, regardless, John's going to play upwards of 33-plus minutes a night because they, they so desperately need him uh, just on every aspect of a basketball player that they have sorely missed him as a, on this team. And, you know, it, it's going to be a welcome sight when he comes back so that, you know, all this crying. Because that, that <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Kevin, that's what this is. It's a bunch of crybabies crying. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it's from the fans. I don't know if it's from the, from the you know, management, ownership, coach, you know, individual players. Like, they're all just whining about something. And, and me, I'm, I'm like, what, what, do, what, do y'all, what are y'all mad about? Like, to me, I'm, I'm, I was frustrated. I, I mean, I've been frustrated during the season. Trey Young's played incredible. The rest of the team isn't ready to win. That's frustrating to watch. I, I imagine it's frustrating to be a player playing for the Hawks, re- recognizing that, you know, Trey Young is doing everything for us, and we can't, you know, we're not, you know, at least on offense, on defense, he's been, a, he's kind of been a disaster recently. Right. Uh, but, you know, like I, I imagine as a player, I'd be frustrated that if, if I'm not getting minutes or if I am getting minutes and I'm not, you know, I'm not converting the looks that Trey Young is giving me, I, you know, I'd be frustrated with myself. I'd be frustrated with my, you know, with, with the world, really, because, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Trey Young is having one of the best seasons in Hawks history. Like I, offensively, it's been my as my lifetime as a Hawks fan. Nobody has come close to what Trey Young has done as an offensive basketball player. Nobody. It's not even it's not even in the realm. There are multiple teams in the last decade plus that if the Hawks had Trey Young, they'd be actual title contenders. But they didn't. So, like, if you're a Hawks fan, understand something. You have the superstar talent that we, that the Hawks as an organization haven't had since Dominique Wilkins last suited up. Like, that, that, that is an undeniable, at this point, is getting close to being an undeniable fact. Right. Now the hard part comes into building a team that can win a title with Trey Young, you know, potentially as your best player, but maybe not, right? Is it like that? This is part of a, quote unquote process. I know nobody wants to say this, but you know, I would imagine Schlank wants to draft another superstar. You know, another all NBA caliber basketball player to go along with Trey Young, to go along with John Collins, who could potentially get there. We'll see. But uh, you know, I would imagine Schlank wants to draft a couple more of those guys before they really try to win at a high level like this. This organization doesn't want to be an HC. Like they don't want the HC this season. Like right. regardless of what the players say, <laughs> management right. doesn't want that. But what they they also don't want these embarrassing blowouts. But again, the embarrassing blowouts are happening because you don't have the quality big men necessary to compete on a possession by possession basis. You just don't. Like that's the reality of this team right now. And until John Collins steps on the floor it's probably going to be this way you're just going to have to rely on damian jones figuring it out on alex Lane catching the basketball which you know is an adventure uh and you know 
Jabari Parker just trying to refining his earlier form when he was dunking with everything instead of what he's doing now, which is not passing the basketball. Like he's too many times Jabari on offense is just dribbling into traffic without a plan and getting getting in trouble. Okay. Uh, going back to John. I'm sorry to keep going to John. Just <laughs> we. I mean, it's kind of interesting question. He's yeah, what? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a huge part of this team, and he hasn't played, and they weren't that talented to begin with. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting question. I think change is coming just based on him coming back. So. You say he's going to play 15 minutes a night, maybe, maybe 10. You know, like you said, it's matchup based. I, I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of times Lloyd Pierce is going to feel his way in the first half, and there are going to be nights where it's, it's a lot of John at center in the second half based on what kind of feedback he gets. Um, hey, but, but who do you think can, he's can taking? Just, the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, can I just good. quickly add that Lloyd Pierce is a good coach? Oh, like, yeah. he's Where really good at that? that. He's really good at what you just said, of feeling out what's going on and countering. Like, okay, this this rotation doesn't work. I'm going to go with this and try to get something. The problem is, currently, he only has – he doesn't have enough chess pieces to play that game when they're not playing well. Like, it, like he doesn't have insert X player here to give me, give me more rim protection. Like, it's just Alex Lynn. And yeah. – you know, he again, like I said, he can. He, he they, clearly the Hawks don't feel comfortable playing Alex Lynn more than six minutes at a time. You know, at most. Um, so, like I, you know, his, his hands are tied. Like, but go ahead, go ahead with the question. Sorry, just I just think it's ridiculous that no, that's he's fair. potentially on the hot seat with this type of roster. Like, so on the aggregate, on, who, where 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 did who who whose minutes at center is John taking? Like. Who whose center minutes are is John? I mean, and can you play John with Damian Jones? Can you play John with Alex Len? You know, relatively speaking, how good are those fits? Well, I mean, considering Alex Len, John Collins lineups were good defensively, and it's the only time this season that Hawks ever got stopped was when those two were on the floor for the first five games of the season. Right. I would hope those two play a lot, and that mm-hmm. Damian Jones minutes get significantly reduced. Like, yeah. Damian Jones is a 10-minute player. Uh, you play him for five minutes. If he has it going, you play him for five more minutes. If he doesn't, John just plays the rest of those minutes, and Alex Lynn, you know, at the center, and Alex Lynn plays more. Like, that, to me, that's the ideal. Um, yeah, I think that's what's coming. But it, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of the reasons why Damian Jones is starting alongside Jabari Parker is because Alex Lynn wasn't making three-pointers and Jabari Parker wasn't making three pointers, and Alex Lynn has questionable hands. So, like, you're not you're getting no space. Like, the, yeah. the spacing was all wonky. Like, they need to fix the offense somewhere. They need somehow. to at least Jabari keep Parker. Trey rolling, and and Damian Jones's ability to roll at least least keeps Trey on track, which is the one damn thing that they've done right all season, which is keep exactly. him on track. Exactly. Exactly. But now that if John is back now you can get away with playing Alex Lynn because John doesn't need, unlike Jabari Parker, and I, I said this on Brass Pot, John doesn't necessarily need space to score. Right. Because he's such a high flyer and he has great hands and he's a great roller. Like, Jabari's not a good roller. That's that's another factor. 
you know, of why, you know, Jabari and Damian are starting. I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like you said, they want to keep Trey Young going. But, you know, with Alex Lynn playing better offensively, I would have liked – I still would have liked to see um, Lloyd go back. But I can – like, I understand – I understand the logic. But right. now that when John Collins comes back, I would like for Alex Lynn to be starting again so that the Hawks can have some actual teeth around the rim. Like, they can have some actual teeth around the rim where guys just can't go and get a free layup. Like, if they go in there with some weak crap, it's going to get rejected – and they're going to get the defensive rebound. Like, that, that, that lineup's going to rebound. That lineup is going to protect the rim. If they do nothing else, that's what they're going to do. And that's what this Hawks team needs. Because if they can just calm that down, then they can play basketball. Because a, a lot of their problems is they simply can't get stopped at all because they can't protect the rim. Right. And when they do get stopped, they can't grab the defensive rebound, and it kills them. <laughs> yeah, it no. just kills them. Yep, and, and it kills their confidence on both ends of the floor when you can't rebound. And Jabari's like, the leading rebounder, six six rebounds a game. And Jabari's not good at it. He's, he's terrible. He doesn't box out. He doesn't sky for a rebound. He's in the he's, middle. He's bad at. It. He's bad at it in the sense that he he doesn't consistently box his man out. That's something. For all like for all of John Collins' flaws defenders before this season, that's the one thing John Collins was really good at was that at least he would put his butt on a man. Oh, for sure. And that's something Jabari does not way, do. John's Damian way better Jones, than Jabari at that, sure. Damian Jones doesn't know how to box out at all. Like no. it's comical looking at him trying to do it. He's really like Damian just is better. Alex Lynn is pretty good at get, get contesting a shot, and getting back to his man and secure the rebound or allowing for somebody to secure the rebound by boxing out the biggest guy going for the offensive rebound. He's pretty good at doing that. If you combine that with John Collins' ability to be as a quality help defender and as a guy who will sky for a defensive rebound while also boxing his man out, like now all of a sudden you turn your biggest weakness into a strength where now you can grab – now all of a sudden you can grab rebounds you can push it on the fast break. You can score easy buckets in transition with Trey Young and Kevin Herter on the wings, you know, shooting three-pointers. Now life isn't so hard. Now everything is not so difficult. Like a lot of – and I feel like they know this. So my – I guess my frustration is now is why is everybody so damn mad? <laughs> like right. I feel like – well, like There the shouldn't be any that. smoke around Lloyd Pierce. He knows like all the these players things. players know that. Yeah, yeah I feel like they, everybody knows this. Yeah. Why are you mad? Like, I can yeah. get it. You're frustrated that you haven't won games. I think, I guess think part what? of it, though, is, is you, you hit on it before, which is when a team says time and time again, well, we just have to get our effort right. If we try really hard, you know, we didn't, we didn't have it tonight, but if we come back tomorrow and, and we really, really, really try harder, you know, if, if you hear that over and over again, that's a red flag, right? And it's not a red but that's flag. Coach... It's not a red flag of them not trying. It's a red flag of okay, there's something else wrong. Like you, if you put that out there once, twice, okay, maybe it was about effort. But you know, it's you put it out there six times, seven times in a short span, and it's like oh, if somebody believes that, it's about effort. It's about effort. I mean, I don't know. You know but what I mean? Here's it's the just thing. it's it's the a... coach. The... 
The coach is always going to blame the effort. He's not going to blame the players. Like exactly, well, that's the thing. It's a strategy. At. It's a it's a strategy. But if you take that strategy literally and think, okay, I'm being told it's about effort, then it's like, well, why why is there no effort? And people panic about the lack of effort when it's really not an issue of effort. Now, I will say one thing that they're all they're pretty bad at, except for two basketball players. Uh, is they're bad? Like it's. It's funny enough, like Cam Reddish gets a lot of flack for his poor body language when he makes a mistake and he hangs his head. Right. But that's just because he shows it. A lot of guys on this team do the same thing. They just are better at not showing their emotion. Uh, in particular, I, I find that when Jabari Parker makes when Jabari Parker messes up on offense, he never gets back on defense. And it's such like it that's clearly effort, right? Uh when Damian Jones, when Damian Jones starts fouling and gets in a rut, gets in his own head, all of a sudden he just he just stops becoming a basketball player and he just loses. He kind of gets in a, a rut and loses a plot, you know. And, and you can go down the list. The, the, the guys who are mentally tough on this team are Trey Young, who it doesn't matter if he makes a dumb play on offense, he's going to keep attacking because he has such high levels of confidence in himself. And oddly enough, Alex Lynn, who he will boof a pass, but he rushes back on defense. He doesn't let it affect his effort, and he'll try it again. Like, he'll go for a dumb dunk attempt, get it blocked, but try to get the rebound again and try to score anyway. Like, he, like Alex Lynn is pretty strong mentally, considering all the easy chances he, he, he kind of fails, fails with due to, you know, his poor hands, but that's why that's why I have a lot of respect but it's, for it's all ap- this player. is all like I mean I don't I don't really disagree with anything that you just said there but I mean it's kind of apples and oranges because you're saying that Trey tries in regards to the next time he needs to attack on the offensive end but you know does he attack on defense you know what I mean and then with Alex it's like okay he doesn't get it on his own head on defense if he mess if he fumbles the ball he'll get back and protect the rim, get rebounds, but, you know, as good as he's been, he kind of got in his own head for for a month as far as this shot. Like, now that he's got it going again, I'm pretty confident that he's going to keep that shot for the rest of the year, but, man, he he was he just psyched himself out for a month. Yeah, I mean, he did, but that, that month <laughs> when he was psyching himself out, the Hawks, you know, were winning games. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's just unfortunate that he's playing, you know, some pretty good basketball on a per-possession basis while the rest of the team has fell apart. So hopefully he continues this form when, you know, you get somebody like John Collins back. And I I, I will say this. I do think they are – they are of all the things they're missing with John Collins, I think the, visit, the biggest one is his consistent energy. Uh, like, it doesn't matter what the score is. It yep. doesn't matter. And I think who's energy on the floor with him. Energy in a basketball sense, but also just energy in a personal sense. I think he's I think he's kind of a vibrant person who can kind of pick the energy up among his teammates a little bit. Yeah, and and I mean they they missed that. He's like quite frankly, he's probably the, he probably was like the way he was talking to begin the season, he was clearly setting himself up to be the leader of this team. And they've mm-hmm. missed him. Yeah. Like flat out, so it's going to be on him. Like that twenty-five game suspension he got 
that was on him. He's yeah. got to eat that for yep. the rest of the season. But at the same time, he's got to grow up. Like, he, he has to personally take personal responsibility, which I, I'm confident he will. And he's got to rally the rest of these guys to pick him up when he comes back because they need him desperately. They needed him last season. And it's the same thing now. It's just a different type of need. They need him to be an all-star caliber player on both ends of the floor, a two-way big man. And they they, they just they need him. Like that, there's no other way to put it. There's no other way to sugarcoat all this BS that's been going on for the past week or so about guys being angry and delusional about the talent on this roster or, or delusional about their personal talent for guys who are complaining about lack of playing time, which I don't care for that because – like if you are good enough, if you're not good enough to play on this team, I I don't know, man. Like, but like you know, when John comes back, I feel like one thing is clear: they're gonna get consistent energy, which is something consistent energy that results in buckets on both ends and blocks, and all the highlight plays. Like they're gonna get that back, and that's something they've missed, and that's something that'll that'll pep them up. Um, in ways that, you know, you can't really quantify analytically, but yeah. you can just see it on the floor. And that's some, like, every night, I it, I mean, it's just hard to get so mad at this team <laughs> at, in, on a game-to-game basis where it's like, well, you know, you're, they might be missing their best player, right? Right. Uh, so it's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy he's coming back Monday. I, they are who we thought we before. are, they were. Yeah, I tweeted this before. The season's gonna start again when, when once he comes back, so that, that's gonna be good. And you know, we'll, we'll see how how they go moving forward uh, with John. But they they need him more than uh, they clearly need him more than just in his basketball sense. They need him. They need him as a person and as a leader and as an upbeat individual who can keep spirits high even when you're getting your head drugged in. Because like he. They just need that. They just they just do. Because they're young and they don't know better. Like, a lot of these guys are used to winning at the lower levels, and this is the NBA, and they're getting their teeth kicked in for the first time in their lives. And that's just that's just the process of rebuilding. Like, I, that, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, you, you talked before about people being mentally tough, and I – I think it's I think it's actually going to be easier because it's all going to happen in a very short time frame but they're going to need John to be mentally tough I think because one I think there's a certain social component to coming back from this sort of thing that he's going to have to deal with but I think he's just going to be rusty like if he stays healthy like I think in February and March when the schedule gets soft and he has a couple fewer months on his legs than everybody else I think he's going to be killing fools but if he comes back in game one, game two, it doesn't look great immediately. My jaw isn't going to hit the floor because, you know, NBA game speed is just a different gear that he's not seeing. And I think it might take him a couple of games. And that, you know, coming into shitstorm number one that's already going on, plus coming back from, you know, the thing that he's coming back from, which, you know, obviously isn't a great thing and it's his fault. Uh, but that's might not be easy. Uh, I mean, I think over the long course of things, he's going to be just fine. But man, it could be a shitstorm 
you know, a week into it, if he doesn't look good right away. And that that's a real possibility, I think, just because the NBA game is fast, it's strong, it requires accuracy and precision, and he's going to be feeling his way out for all of these things. Hopefully he's got this huge adrenaline rush and it works the right way for him, but, I mean, it's a real thing in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe rust here and there, but I don't know. I've, I've like, I've watched every game of John Collins' career. Yeah, I can count on one hand the amount of times I thought he played poorly as a basketball player. Like I, like he's the the thing that I really enjoy about John is that he knows how to like he's young. But he knows how to positively contribute, even without scoring the basketball. So I would, I might, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I could, I could see him struggling. Um, you know, to, to finish around the rim. Maybe he has a couple, couple finishes where he usually, you know, lays it in. But his his timing isn't there, and he's not used to the physicality because he hasn't, he hasn't done it in a month and a half. But what I'm not worried about is how hard he plays. Oh uh, no, I because I, he, I he sent, no no, but sure. I think that's. But that's his talent. Like that's his overwhelming talent. Okay. Is how hard he plays. Right. In the sense that he's going to find a way to positively contribute to winning. <laughs> and so that's why yeah. I'm not that concerned about John Collins coming back. Even if the numbers aren't there, they just need. Pierce is going to play him in eight three-minute stretches. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> nah. he's going to get himself. Pierce might play him. Pierce is going to play him. He might play him forty plus, minutes, man. I don't know, like, like with all this quote unquote heat around him, John Collins going to get as many minutes as he wants. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be fun to see. But I'm not like I'm I'm never concerned about John just because he knows how to like he knows how to play good basketball, and he's done it the entirety of his career. And so I'm not I'm not I'm personally not worried, even if the even if like the scoring isn't there. Or, you know, maybe he fouls too much because he's not ready. Like, on the whole, he's just going to be such a boon because he's the biggest thing he's going to do early is he's going to push, you know, he's going to push right. Vince Carter from playing the 15-plus minutes to maybe play, play him eight if he's got it going. You're going to push Jabari Parker down to the 21, 22-minute range where, where he belongs. <laughs> Instead of the – or however many he's playing, like push, you know, you know, Jabari down. He's gonna push Damian Jones down. Like yeah. he's gonna push guys who are playing too much, too many minutes at the moment down. And you're gonna get John Collins, even if it's not 100% John Collins. Like that's still better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks or so. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, another thing that kind of came out of the effort talk all this you know all the the, it's not even really related to the effort but just some of the things in in the platitudes that come out that are platitudes for a reason because it's much easier to talk about platitudes than anything specific i think it's you know good for good for the pub good for the front face and the outward face of the organization uh to have these platitudes but you know one that kind of came up with lloyd yesterday was you know, talking about not having a vocal leader. And I asked him actually about that a few weeks ago, and I think the answer may have been different then. But in any case, 
it's not the point I want to get into. What I want to get into is this, which is how much do you worry about the dynamic of having such a young team, you know, all these players that were drafted by Travis Schlank, and, you know, they're filling out the bulk of the rotation along with Damian Jones, Alex Len, you know, guys that Schlank brought in, but then he also brought in some longer-term vets, right? He's got Evan Turner, who isn't playing much now, Chandler Parsons, who isn't playing much now. Uh, Alan Crabb is playing because he's healthy, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious about this, which is, you know, for a team that is young and doesn't have a voice, is it a weird dynamic to have all these super young guys playing and then the vets who might be counseling them just on the sideline and, I mean, every NBA player is a ridiculous competitor to get to where they are. Um, it's got to be hard, right? I mean, and they're probably simmering, and rightfully so. Not because they deserve to play, but I'm sure that's a hard thing to deal with. And, you know, I think there's a weird locker room dynamic with all these young guys trying to figure out what the hell they're even doing in the NBA. And then, you know, a small number of the people who could actually help them aren't in the rotation and they might not be that happy about it. I guess I look, I played football for the majority of my life. Leadership apparently only comes up when you're losing, when you're winning. <laughs> okay. Apparently right. everybody's a good leader and we all play well, but when you're losing all of a sudden you have a lack of leadership and you need somebody to be a rah, rah guy. Like that's crap. I don't believe in that nonsense. Yeah, I mean, leadership I was I me, was calling it leader, leadership. Leadership to me is what is what John Collins has done for the majority of his career, which is regardless of the score, regardless of the record, regardless of whatever, I'm going to do what I can to help my team win and play as hard as I can. That's leadership. That's the leadership that if we want to talk about, you know, what's been missing, it's that. It's that consistent effort, you know, because I see it when these guys, when other teams go on run, you know, Trey Young brings his pride to the table where it's like, I'm pissed that we're losing, so I'm going to do everything I can offensively, you know, to bring my team back. And then I'm going to actually try our defense when, you know, if you would have brought that effort to start maybe would you know on defense in particular with Trey because you do see it when they're when they're in a role when they're in a hole you you will see Trey's effort pick up just because he's pissed and he doesn't want to be embarrassed and I you know that's understandable but he's got to bring that type of effort consistently throughout the amount of minutes that he's going to play it's it's a hard burden for him but he doesn't do it and I, I would imagine his teammates get pissed that he doesn't. Um, so, like, that's where, you know, it's hard for Trey to be a leader in that regard. And it, it's hard for him because he's, he's not that big, right? right. Um, you know, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter are rookies. And, you know, nobody cares what a rookie has to say. But they're playing heavy minutes. And I would imagine the guys behind them who aren't playing anymore aren't happy that they aren't playing because this is their livelihood. Like, this, you know, they're – they may not be in this future plans, but they got plans for next season. They want to be in this league still. They want to put out good tape, and you can't do that if you're not going to play. So I'm, 
I would I would be frustrated if I was in their position. I understand. Um, but that's life in the NBA. Yeah. You're on a team that's rebuilding. They're going to play the young guys. Um, you know, the only person I can I, I will hear playing time, you know, being mad about the lack of playing time is Alex Lynn because he's demonstrably better than Damian Jones. And Bruno Fernando has no business in a single second on the floor. But guess what? <laughs> this team isn't trying to win every game. Right. They're trying to develop these guys. They're trying to see if they can get something out of Damian Jones, right? Right. While they have him on, on this, if they want to extend the qualifying offer or not. Because Damian Jones, for all his faults, does have talent. Like, he does have talent. Yeah. And He's very he, good on he will flash. He will flash some positive stuff on defense from time to time. It's just not consistent. And that's leadership to me. Paul Millsap was one of the best leaders I've ever seen in a Hawks uniform because he brought it consistently every night on defense while being 6'6", you know, having to play center. One season, he was the team's best center right. uh, playing alongside Dwight Howard, and he brought it every night even though that team had no chance. That's leadership to me. I always liked the Ilya Silva Millsap front court. <laughs> Is, and was Paul Millsap some rah-rah yell, yell at everybody, you know, tell people where to go, you know, hold people, quote-unquote, accountable, which, what does that mean? Like, this is the NBA. They're professionals. They hold themselves accountable. They know when they're messing up. They know they know what's good and what's bad. Like, I, like that's, that's, that's just words. Like, they're words that have no meaning to me. If you want to be a good leader in this, in this league, you bring it consistently. On both ends, every possession you execute. Whether whether they whether your guy who's a bad three pointer makes makes a jump shot or not, you don't you execute the game plan on that individual. That's good leadership. You know, if 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 Pierce is mad about that, I would be in agreement. They have no at this moment. They have no leader outside of Trey Young on offense, who is right now the only guy who's consistently making the right play on on that side of the floor. Everybody else. They're they're young, like they're young. They're not going to be leaders. They're not going to be good in the NBA when you're when you're 21, 22, 23 years old. Uh, it's hard. There's 450 NBA players, um, and a bunch of them are really good on both ends of the floor. They make good money for a reason because they're good and they're proven vets. And the Hawks are going up against that every night, and they're just struggling because they don't know. Like, they just don't know how to win in this league. And that takes time. Like, that's a process. You know, that, that, that's just the truth of things. And until Schlenk comes down and puts together, put, gives this team some roster talent that'll mm-hmm. help the young guys play better, potentially, until Schlenk does that, it, it's going to be this way. And, I, again, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I understand the vets being mad, but that's – they know what the game is. Right. They've been in the NBA. This is what happens when you're on a bad team. They prioritize their young guys. That's that's not a surprise. Like, and you know, that's tough. And so when when everybody's like, oh, the, the locker room is toxic. I'm like, no, it's not. They're just losing games and they're frustrated because they have pride in the professionals and they're not used to this amount of losing. But that's life, man. Like that's <laughs> that's life in the NBA. Like you think the Pelicans players are happy right now? They've lost 13 games in a row. They have veteran talent, and they're still losing. 
you know, they got a bunch of guys who've been in the league four, five, six, seven years, and they're losing games every night because they don't have the talent. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, the you think the Bulls are happy right now? Like, they got talent and they're not winning. Is it their fault? No. It, it's management's fault. The roster, you know, it's the coach is bad and the roster isn't optimized for what the talent they have on the team. Like, you know, maybe the Hornets are happy because it's a bunch of happy-go-lucky guys who didn't expect to be, you know, even this halfway decent. It, it, you know, I'm, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying about this, Kevin? Like, it, are yeah. there only five good leaders in the NBA because there are only five good teams? <laughs> like, it's, that's nonsense. Like, this, yeah, I, no. hate, I hate the leadership discussion because the be, the great leaders in this league never get credit for it. Paul, and I'll say it's it again, not Paul even Minnesota leadership. It's not leadership so much as that there's – there's this dissonance between, like, Travis Schlenk can make all the right GM moves and be a good general manager. Lloyd Pierce can be a good coach and make the right coaching moves. You know, Travis has to keep some of these guys on the roster because, you know, he's got to pay them anyways. And even if they're not playing, they have value in terms of these might be guys that you trade later on. So they stay on the roster even if you have no intention of actually using them or playing them. And then, you know, Pierce has him in the locker room, and he's making the right decisions. He's, you know, playing these young players. He's teaching them everything that he can. And, you know, you look at a guy like Cam Reddish, and he's making strides. But, you know, somehow there's this, you know, even if the coach does the right coach thing and the GM does the right GM thing, there's you know, there's still that middle ground in the middle where just, you know, people are going to be unhappy, not necessarily whether they were supposed to be leaders or not, but it's just – it's just a weird experience imbalance. You know, the, the the ratio of who's playing and who's experience in the locker room is just a really weird. It, it's different than what you see on. I wouldn't say it's different, but it's it's more heightened than what you see on even the most extreme cases, I guess. And I mean, you know, I'm and it is what I'm it is, right so. there with you. Yeah, yeah it's again like. The frustration, like, would we hear this talk if they were winning? No. If they beat Miami and the Lakers? Even if they got blown out by the by the Knicks, would we hear this? Probably not. Uh, so it's just, like, this is, you know. Right. These the are the things management that you say the to co- say the man- Management and coach can be re- process-based all they want. The players, at the end of the day, are result-based. Right for better and for worse, yep. because that's their livelihood. Like at the it end is. of the day, this yep. is their job. They yep. have to play well. If they don't, they won't be in the NBA next season. And yep. so, like I understand their frustration, but to me, as a fan of the team and as a person who has watched the NBA for a long time, this is me trying to tell fans and you know non-fans of the Hawks what's going on. No, that's good. It's a rebuild. You know, it's a rebuild. And you can only be so mad. Like, you can only be so frustrated. You can't be out here being like, oh, they need to fire Lloyd Pierce. Man, I'm telling you, Lloyd Pierce is a good coach because I know what bad coaches look like. I've I've watched entire seasons of bad coaching. Yep. Multiple seasons. I watched a full decade where the Hawks didn't hire a good coach. (laughs) And it was terrible. It was terrible. They blew chances to maybe even – Sniff a title. 
right. because they wouldn't even think about putting money, investing in their coach. The Hawks have a great coaching staff. That's right. They do. Yeah. I'm telling you they do. Because yep. I know what a bad one looks like. If, if the coach was bad, I'd be killing Lloyd Pierce every night. But I don't. The only time I did it was the one time he made a mistake. The one time he made such an obvious mistake what that was I was that? pissed about it. The Miami game. Oh, okay. And we all know it was a mistake when he didn't call the timeout. Right. But, like, you're not going to lose your job over one mistake. Like, right. everybody makes mistakes at their jobs. That's – he's human, yeah. you know? You can all, you got know, to look big picture. Know? Like, whether they finish yeah, with 24 exactly. wins or 25 wins, based on that mistake, really, that's not – they were still going to win what, in the twenties. What matters, what matters to me with Lloyd Pierce is that when Trey Young was dog crap to begin his rookie season, yeah, he stuck through it. He kept starting him. He kept encouraging him. You know, he kept playing him. He kept, you know, he didn't try to put restrictive plates on how Trey Young should play basketball. He had faith in Trey Young, the basketball player, that he could succeed. Trey Young would not be what he is right now. If Lloyd Pierce was, you know, a megalomaniac who told Trey, hey, you can't take this 30-footer. That's a dumb <laughs> shot. Yo, stop taking stop taking right. pull-up three-pointers. Those are bad shots. Like, you're not making them. Stop it. You know, he, he doesn't, like, yeah, he Lloyd gets Pierce it. is a good coach. He's good, at, he's good at encouraging his young guys to fail, to continue to beat their head into the wall until they get through it. And that's the NBA. Like, it's it's repeatedly beating your head against the wall of getting good. Like, that, that's just that's just the way it is at this high of a level when everybody else in the NBA is good. Like, you, as a young pup who do, doesn't know how to play in the NBA, has to relearn how to play basketball. And that's hard. And it takes time. And, again... We would like me and you would not be having this conversation. John Collins didn't get suspended for twenty five games, but that's happened. <laughs> everybody right. has to move on. We're going to move on December twenty third, and things are going to be a lot easier for everybody else when John steps up, steps onto the floor. And we're going to and we're and all of a sudden we're going to get pieces when they win, you know, five games in a month. We're going to be like, oh wow, you know, Hawks leadership has improved. I wonder why. I'm like, has it improved or are they just winning games now? Yeah. It has a schedule let up. You know, it's it's a combination of things. So it's I don't know. It's just it just feels like again, I I don't like it when, when guys publicly say we need to play harder and we're not we're we're playing with a lack of effort because it just per, perpetuates the stereotype that NBA players don't play hard, which is factually incorrect. Yeah. You know it's sleight of hand. It's not true. It's not true, but but because you just can't come out and say well, we're crap. Like we're just not good. Like I'm personally, right. me personally, I'm a bad basketball player. But you know, I gotta play because I'm better than the guy behind me who sucks worse than me. Like nobody's <laughs> gonna say that, and they should say that. that'd be bad yeah. leadership, right? Be, yeah, that's sell some newspapers. I just, yeah. I mean, it would it. It'd be honesty. It'd be honesty in a way that would be uncomfortable. For the team, uh, but you know the coach isn't going to come out and say, "Well, you know, Dwayne Dedman's not here anymore, and I have to instead of Dwayne Dedman playing 22 minutes a night, it's Damian Jones, and Damian Jones isn't nearly as good a basketball player." Dwayne Pierce is not going to say that. 
unless yeah. he wants to be, unless he actually wants to be on the hot seat. And Dwayne Dedman wasn't that good you know, at 24. Because what Dwayne Dedman was good at I, was offense, and, you know, he was a good defensive player when he was 24. He wasn't, he wasn't really a good basketball player at age 24 either, or whatever. I think that's what no, I mean, Joe 20, 20, 22, 24 minutes a night. I oh, mean, I'm talking about age. Oh, whoa, oh, but Damien, yeah, age-wise, yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, yeah. What, what's Damien going to look like when he's Dwayne Demon's age? He might be better at basketball then. He might not be, uh, but you know, uh, it's experiment. So. Like Schlank, right. Schlank is gambling. Yeah, it's a gamble. Like it's like okay, I'm a instead of paying Dwayne Demon X amount of dollars, I'm going to try to find the next Dwayne Demon. Right, uh, and that's you know that's a fair gamble. That's... He gambled with Bruno Fernando and. Damian and Jones. It's a, a low-stakes season, so that's why you gamble. Yeah. It's a low... That's why, me personally, I'm not bothered that John Collins got suspended 25 games because this season, to me, yeah, do it now. doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Don't do it Evan later. Turner, do it now. Evan Turner, Evan Turner and Chandler Parsons are making, what, over 40-plus million dollars a season? Yeah. Like... I'll, I'll worry about how this how this team is winning. I'll worry about the win loss record when Travis Lane has a roster full of actually quote unquote his guys. You know you you can't yeah you know, you can't say like these are his guys. No, those are his guys at that cap number. Right. Like he traded for them at sure. their cap number. Oh, for sure, for sure. Right. Yeah. You know he traded for Challen Parsons. And... Hello. Just because that's what you do, right? Uh, instead of having two guys, you're not going to play. Yeah. We're going to have one guy. We're not going to play. No, I mean, uh, he traded. He traded Kent Bazemore for Evan Turner because I don't know what, if y'all know this. Wanted. A and B, when Kevin Herter took his spot, Bazemore was terrible. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was showing poor leadership. You want to talk about poor leadership? Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! No, I want to. I want to end with a positive note, and and I can segue right there perfectly. Are you ready? Go ahead. You know, we looked at this. We looked at this team at the beginning of the season. There was a lot of wait, what the heck? Uh, you know, on a few different things, and one was they really needed a backup point guard, and it hasn't been great the last couple of games. But I like Kevin Herter as a backup point guard. I think that's going to work. I think that's the best. I, I think that's the best that they can do for this season. I don't know if it's something that you know. Another question for another time is: Is that what you want uh, next season, the season beyond that? But I think for this season, I think that's the best way to roll. I personally didn't think having a backup point guard was that big of a deal, primarily because I wanted Herder with the ball in his hands more, and I wanted to see. Reddish with the ball in his hands, and I wanted to see if Bembry could possibly do it. Like I wanted, right. I wanted to see I the guy they have on the roster gamble on them be able to do it instead of paying for, a, for sure, quality backup point guard. You know it, right? Because the thing is about if you're a backup point guard, are you are you really a good player? Like it's it's complicated. Like well, some people are so good at that for sure, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I felt the same way at the beginning of the season, but I think you know now looking at it, Reddish isn't ready. Bembry, that's just not his role, and I like the Herder version of it. And I and I wanted to see Herder grow as a ball handler and having more responsibilities and not just be backseat 
you know, be a backseater to the Trey Young show. Like right. I wanted him to grow as a basketball player. And I think in the long term, this is going to help his development sure. as a basketball player. Absolutely. And it's going to look a lot better for Kevin Herter in particular and his team when alongside him is uh, John Collins on the backup, which is what I believe the plan was before it all went to crap. But sure. uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. when. Let's go. When that that, that was back. good. You, you gave me a good hour. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. No, no problem, Kevin. All right. Have a good one. You too.